In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the month of Misra, and we read about the Christ encounter with Levi, who is uh, St. Matthew, the evangelist who wrote the Gospel of Matthew, um, for the first time. And we see that Levi, um, who is a tax collector, is sitting in his tax office. He is doing his, his work, and the Lord comes to him, and he calls him uh, to, to himself, and he says, come and follow me, and we know that Levi left his tax office, and he goes and he follows Christ. Um, and when Levi was in his house uh, eating with his fellow tax collectors, and he invited Christ to be with him, um, the, the Pharisees are rebuking the Lord, and he's saying, how is it that you have come to eat with these sinners and these tax collectors? And the Lord responded to him, and he said uh, here in verse 31, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And so this illustrates to us who is it that Christ came for. Christ came for those of us who are sick. And it doesn't mean that there are some people who are sick and there are some people who are well, because actually we are all sick. The people who are benefit from um, the, the sacrifice that Christ made, the people who benefit from the miracles of Christ, the people who benefit from everything that Christ came to the earth to offer to us and a relationship with him are those who acknowledge their own sickness are those who realize that there is some sickness in them, that when they look at themselves, they don't find perfection, they find some kind of mistakes or some kind of errors or something they need to repent of. And this does not cause them to be um, falling into despair because they know that the Lord who is the physician is able to receive them, is able to have mercy on them, is able to heal them from their sins. But they don't walk around believing that they are already well. We always speak about how the church is a hospital and only those people who acknowledge their sickness, their illness, are the ones who are willing to go to the hospital. You know, maybe even those people who, who realize that they're sick, they sometimes don't want to go to the hospital, but certainly those people who, re who think that they are completely healthy and completely well, there's no reason for them to go to the hospital. There's no reason for them to go to the physician. So when we say that, you know, the church is open and we come here to the church, we don't come here to the church to celebrate our righteousness. We come here because we are in need of forgiveness and we are in need of salvation. So I'm going to speak a little bit about this meeting that happened with Levi and the impact that it had on him and on the people who are around him and what is it that the Lord came to offer them and to offer um, all of us. So we know that initially Levi was sitting at the tax office and he was going about his business and the Lord came to him and he said to him, follow me said, follow me. And so the first thing we see about Levi is that he was willing to leave behind his life, willing to leave behind the things that he was accustomed to in his career, because he, he felt that the thing that Christ was calling him for was a greater calling than what he was already doing. Um, here we read in chapter tw in verse 27, after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. This idea of that he left all was something very, um, like a very powerful statement. To say that he left all. You know, sometimes we, 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 we are not even willing to, to leave the smallest thing. We are not even willing to give up a few minutes of our time. We are not willing to even try to do the minimum. And yet here we read about Levi that he left all, which says something about why the Lord called him to be an apostle, 
because he was willing to give up. His heart was prepared. Even though from the outside, maybe somebody would look at his life and say, well, this man is a tax collector and a sinner, and tax collectors had a very, very bad reputation um, because many of them were thieves as well, and they would take more money than they, they were supposed to um, to keep it for themselves. So from the outside, maybe people would say, this man is the furthest from the kingdom of God, and yet the Lord knew his heart, and he knew that he could call him and that he would respond. One reason that we do not judge, and Christ asks us to not judge one another, is because we cannot judge. We do not know the hearts of man. We do not know what was in his heart that would move him in that moment to, to get up from his office and to leave everything behind and to follow the Lord. And this calling was very powerful to him, right? So we have to ask ourselves this question first, is when we receive this calling from God, what, what is our response to it? when we receive the calling for obedience, for submission, when we, we receive the calling to sacrifice something that is um, a sinful thing that maybe is an obstacle in our life, when we receive the calling to serve or to love or to forgive, when we receive some calling from God, what is our first response? Is it that we are willing to leave all because we believe that truly the following Christ is a greater calling than any other thing? Or are our attachments in the world and our desires in the world keeping us from accepting this calling to love and to serve the Lord? Then we know the next thing that Levi did that we read about in verse 29. It says, Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat with them. One amazing thing about Levi is that he was not embarrassed um, either of his friends, the fellow tax collectors, or of Christ. For instance, he could have, you know, not wanted Christ to know, here is the company that I keep. Here are the other people that are my friends. You know, a lot of times people, when they maybe come to church, who previously they were living maybe away from church and had a groups of friends that are, that are you know, far from God, um, and then they come to church, they have the struggle of what do I do with my previous relationships? What do I do with the people that I used to be friends with and spend time with? How do I deal with that? Here you see actually that Levi is bringing those people with him to Christ. He brought them all to his house. He invited them to a feast. He invited Christ to come, and he said, Christ, here are my friends. Here are the people, right? And he was doing this not because... He wanted to like defend his previous lifestyle. No, actually, he wanted the other people to have the same experience that he had. He wanted Christ also to come to them and to say to them, follow me, and that they also would be willing to follow him. Also, we see that um, Levi is not embarrassed of his friends, you know, because uh, his, his fellow tax collectors maybe would come to him and say, what is this that you've done? You've left your career uh, in order to follow this man from Nazareth? Who is this man? Why are you following him? What is it that you're doing? You're, you've gone mad, you know? But he also, he did not feel shy of this either. He says, no, this is what I believe. I believe that this man is, is, is the truth, and I want to follow him, and I believe in what he says, and you also should follow him as well. And this was the beginning of the healing, right? Because, again, this is what Christ is going to tell to the, to the Pharisees when, he, when they come to him and they accuse him, saying, why is it that you are sitting with these people? Well, because they are sick and they are the ones that are in need of the physician. And they are willing to be healed and they have come to this feast to meet with me and I have come to meet with them. And the one who facilitated <coughs> all of this was Levi himself because he invited them to his own house in order to have salvation. So this is what they said. The scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? The Pharisees were, the, were of the opinion that righteousness is something for show, 
that that our goal in the, or what is the purpose of religion the purpose of religion is to be righteous and to show off our righteousness and and to do acts and rituals that demonstrate our righteousness to the world and to be praised by others this is what the pharisees were interested in this is what they were after they wanted to be praised they wanted to be recognized and they believed that what it meant to be a righteous person meant to receive honor and submission from the people um, and never to admit any kind of failing or flaw right and so when the lord jesus christ whom they were jealous of because of the of the many people who were following after him and they were trying to find something wrong with him and something wrong with his teaching when they saw him spending his time with these sinners he they associated him with them and said look you are spending time with sinners this is not like an upright moral group of people that you should be spending your time in how is it that if you are if you are the son of god as you claim how is it that if you are a good moral teacher as you claim that you could be spending your time with these people and of course, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ responded to them, and he said what? Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And this, when we really look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth, we see these are the people he spends time with. He spends time with the apostles, and, the, and, and, and with the apostles, he is training them to be able to go out into the world and to attract and draw to the church the people who are far from God, the people who are sinners. He spent time with people who are harlots, with thieves, with tax collectors, with all these kinds of people, lepers, the people that were outcasts, the people that nobody cared about, the people that were considered to be beneath the, 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 the moral standard of the law, the, the lawbreakers. Those were the ones whom the Pharisees never wanted to deal with in any way, never wanted to touch them, never wanted to be associated with them. The Lord Jesus Christ actually came for them, and he said, I who am this physician, right, have come to these people. These are the people who deserve salvation. These are the people whom I am calling to salvation, calling to paradise, are not the ones who are acting as though they are the most morally upright people, but those people who have failed. Those people who are, are, are far from me, but are willing to repent and willing to change. And this was the deciding factor between those tax collectors and the Pharisees. It's not that the Pharisees in themselves were necessarily um, committing more sins than the tax collectors. The tax collectors were sinners and the Pharisees were also sinners. But the tax collectors admitted to sin. The tax collectors were willing to, to listen to the Lord and to hear his message and to accept it and to change and to admit their failings. Whereas the Pharisees rejected the message of Christ because they were not really interested in repentance. They were not really interested in that. They just wanted power and authority. They didn't really want to change. They, really, they wanted just to be respected for who they were and were unwilling to admit to Christ or to anyone else that they were not the perfection that they imagined themselves to be. So here the Lord reminds us that he comes for the sinners, right? Which means what? Of course we know that every all of us are sinners. All of us have failings. But some of us refuse to, to acknowledge these things. You know, when the, when the church, when we speak about repentance and confession, sometimes we find it maybe difficult to acknowledge that I failed to acknowledge that I have a sin, maybe even a recurring sin that I struggle with on a regular basis, and to come and to confess that sin again and again and again. And yet this is what the Lord is calling us for. He says, I have, I have called you because you are sick, but I've called you for healing. I've called you to be healed. I've called you to have a fullness of life, an abundant life in the healing that I offer 
to all people. And this is what he is demonstrating here in this feast. He is coming here to associate with these people to associate with these people and to heal them um, of their sins. We read also this very nice verse in Second Chronicles 7.14, which emphasizes this point. He, here, um, God is speaking about the Israelites, and he's saying to them, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is a very famous verse. This is what the Lord said to um, King Solomon at the time of the dedication of the temple. And he's telling him, this temple that you have built when my people have sinned against me and they come here to this place and they do this, then, then I will heal them, then I will forgive them. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. All these things he's saying, to humble ourselves, to be willing to acknowledge our, our, our sins and our mistakes, to pray and to seek the face of God, to turn from wickedness, then God will hear from heaven and he will forgive us and he will heal us of our sins. And this is what we are seeking from God. And this is also what we are seeking for the world. When we speak about evangelism, we are, we are evangelizing the good news message of Christ to the world so that they can benefit from this same message as we in the church benefit. And this is exactly what Levi did. And he was doing the work of an evangelist even before he wrote the Gospel of St. Matthew. Because the first thing that he did after he converted and after he began to follow Christ is he called all the people that he knew, all the people who were sinners, and he said to them, come to this feast, and Christ was coming to the feast, and he allowed them to meet with one another to give each one this opportunity to repent and to change so that they also would be humbled and they would follow Christ. So we ask then this question of why is it that we remain sick? Why is it that someone being offered all of these things by Christ, the one who is the great physician, the one who is coming to heal all of our sicknesses, why is it that sometimes we remain sick? There are a few reasons. The first one is, maybe I remain sick because I don't realize that I am sick. I, I don't acknowledge my sickness. I don't understand that I am sick. This is again like the Pharisees. The Pharisees didn't understand who they were, didn't understand the problem that they had. And so they considered themselves to be so morally upright without acknowledging any sickness or any sin in them. They only focused on their stature. They only focused on their authority. They only focused on the good things that they did, their knowledge of the law, their ability to govern the people, and so on. And they didn't realize that they were just as sick as others. So sometimes the reason we don't receive healing is because we don't realize our need. We don't realize our need to be healed. We don't realize that I have some kind of sickness that has to be diagnosed. And maybe part of this is because I am not examining myself. I, I, don't, I don't really spend time to sit with myself. Sometimes we try to avoid sitting with ourselves. We try to avoid thinking about ourselves and, and kind of having a conversation with ourselves about who we are and the way we are living and our habits and our actions and the, the way that we choose to spend our time because it's uncomfortable. You know, maybe we, we like to stay very busy and we don't like to spend time kind of contemplating and meditating and, and, and examining ourselves because we're uncomfortable with what we find. We don't like what we find. And so we, we kind of escape and we run away from this. So we don't really know ourselves. Another reason why maybe why we are not healed is that we are not willing to admit our sickness. Maybe I realize that there is some failure in me, but I am refusing to admit it. We want to appear righteous to everyone. We don't want anyone to catch us in any kind of sin or any mistake. And so our primary goal is just to defend ourselves, 
no matter what it is that I've done, I want to spin. So I want my reputation to always be untarnished. I always want people to see me in the best possible light, and I'm not willing to admit any kind of uh, failing um, or failure about myself. And so we imagine ourselves again like the Pharisees, that, w that we want to pretend like we are always righteous and we are not, um, we, we, we don't have any flaw. Or maybe even if we admit our sickness, we don't come to the physician. You know, sometimes we try to, you know, we acknowledge our mistakes. We know what it is that are our bad habits, those are our weaknesses. But then we try to deal with it on our, on our own. We don't, we don't really try to come to Christ to deal with these sins. We don't come to him believing that he is the great physician able to heal. We said, you know what, I can deal with it on my own way. I will deal with it on my own way. The greatest thing that we can do to overcome sin in our life is prayer. That I come to God in prayer, I ask him to fill me with his power to overcome the sin, which calms the temptation, which gives me strength to overcome it more than any other way. And so we ask ourselves, are we willing to do this? Are we willing to do the things that we are need to do in order to be healed from our disease? Even someone who has a physical disease, there are some things that they have to do. They have to take medication. They have to see the doctor. They might have to go to the hospital. They might have to have some kind of procedure done. All these are things that they have to accept and assent to in their life in order for them to be healed. So sometimes maybe we know our sin and we admit our sin, but then we do nothing to, to, to correct it. We just live with it. We live with it as though this is my life. This is who I am. I, I am a sinner in this way, and I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not trying to change it, um, even though I acknowledge that it is real. And this also is a problem. Maybe this is also why we remain sick, because we are not taking steps. Of course, we believe that God is the one who heals, but we also work with him. We have to uh, allow him to do this work in us by coming to him and seeking from him. So in conclusion, what is it that we need to do in order for us to be healed of our sickness? N number one, we need to examine ourselves against the word of God. Sometimes we examine ourselves not according to the word of God, but compare ourselves with other people in the world and convince ourselves that because we don't do a lot of the things that other people do, then we are perfectly fine the way that we are. You know, what Christ is calling us for is a standard that is greater than the world's standard. A greater th a standard that is higher than the standard of the world. We can't look at our neighbor and say, well, as long as I'm better than my neighbor, as long as I don't commit the same sins that my neighbor commits, then that means I'm perfectly fine the way that I am. Christ is calling us to be like him. And he is the one we should compare ourselves with, not with anyone else, not with any family member, not with any friend, not with anyone in society, not anyone in any place. We compare ourselves with the word of God. What is it that Christ said about us? And that is the standard we set for ourselves. We should be convicted of, of, of who we are and seeking to please the Lord and to submit ourselves to him. Even while, yes, we believe that in the midst of whatever sins we commit, that the Lord is faithful and merciful to us, and that even when we fall into sin, Christ forgives us. But just as when there is someone that we love, that we want to please. You know, one time somebody was asking me, why is it that I can't wait until the end of my life and then repent at that time? I can live my life uh, how I choose for myself, enjoying my life, and then at the end of my life, I will repent kind of not considering the argument that, well, we don't know when we will die, because of course that's <laughs> real, but let's pretend that's not even the case. Let's pretend we know when it is that we are going to die and that we have this opportunity so that at the very end of my life, I can just choose to repent. 
What does that say about the way that we see God? You know, imagine that you go to your spouse and you tell them, um, I'm going to continue to do the things that you hate for my entire life. And then right at the very end, I'm just going to come and say, I'm sorry. Does that reflect a love? Does that reflect a real relationship with, with a God that we believe in? Or are we just seeing God as this kind of doorkeeper to heaven? You know, he is, he is the doorkeeper. I have, to, I have to please the doorkeeper because the moment that I have to enter into the door, I want him to grant me access to this door. So um, please just let me in. I've paid my dues. I've, you know, offered my repentance. I'm clear to get in and that's what I want. It's a very selfish way of thinking, right? We are not thinking about our relationship with God that we want to please him, that we want that out of love, not out of fear, not, not because we want him to give us something and that if we don't do and behave the way he wants us to, then we will not receive that thing. No, that's, that's not a relationship of love. Any, re any human relationship that we have, we know very well that if we tried to treat it in that way, the relationship would not, would not last. The re relationship would be a failure. Love is based on self-sacrifice. Love is based on wanting to give, not wanting to receive. So if we say that we have a loving relationship with God, we want to please him for that sake in of itself, not because I will receive something, not because there is some reward for me um, in it. Coming to the church, the church is the place where God has set up for our healing. This is the place of healing. This is the place where we partake of the sacraments and receive the grace of the Holy Spirit so that the Lord works in us for our healing. When we come to the liturgy, our primary, um, the primary goal and the primary thing that we experience here in the church is not necessarily just learning okay, about like the scriptures and reading and whatnot. It is receiving the grace of the Holy Spirit. It is a transformation that happens in us through standing in the presence of God. And this is what we are seeking here. We are seeking a transformation. We are not coming here because we just, we want to make an offering or because we want to check a checkbox and say, yes, I have, I have done what I should do or I have prayed with the prayers that I'm supposed to pray or I've taken communion this week. We are coming here to be in the presence of God, to be in communion with God and in this communion to be transformed, to be like him. And this is the means by which we as Orthodox Christians grow in the faith it is through the work of God in us. It is not simply through our own effort alone. And so this is the hospital. This is the place of healing. This is the place of transformation so that we can, um, we can be healed just as the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees, I did not come for, the, for, for those who are well, but I came to those who are sick. And so we ask God to be with us, to make us aware of our weaknesses, to come to him in humility, to seek forgiveness at his hand, and to believe that God has mercy on us and he does not condemn us when we come to him with a heart that is full and a desire um, to be healed. And glory be to God forever. Amen.